Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Megan? Yes, Amber. Hello. Hello. So I'm sad to say that our sound quality is better today, but it is just Amber and I today. No brothers. Yeah, I'm just looking at you. Boring. It's kind of, it's fine, but I've kind of become accustomed to something more. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's, I mean, it's not directly your fault that you're just you. Yeah. Yeah, it's not directly my fault. Um, yeah, I, it was a lot of fun doing our guest episode last week. It was so much fun. It was possibly too much fun, given how long we went. Yeah, I'm sorry, folks. I don't... It has not um, gone through editing just yet. Um, our editor hasn't gotten into it just yet. But um, oh, yeah, our, it, our editor, our nameless editor. Yeah, whoever that is. Anywho, um, she or he or they has not gotten to it yet. And um, we did record like for an hour and 50 minutes. Just just under, I believe. Yeah, okay, it's about cool. an hour and 50 minutes. Awesome. So usually we have those lulls where you'll say something clever and mm-hmm, insightful clever. and then you'll pause yep. for me to yep. kind of fill in my part mm-hmm. of it. Yes. And then I just stare at you stupidly. And right. then you're like, oh, as always, OK, um, I guess I have to talk more and then I can I can chop that. And that's a good spot. But there weren't any of those moments because there were two other people and they were just like on fire and then you were on fire. And I was just kind of sitting there going, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be great. So this is probably uninteresting to you folks who've already listened to that podcast podcast because it has already come out. What can or you do? if you dum-dums haven't listened to it yet because it seems like it's just too long, this is what you've missed. You sad, sad people. Okay, stop, stop antagonizing our listeners, please. Well, I mean, that's not what Amber. they're here for. Mm-hmm. What? A little okay. sweet, a little spicy. Mm-hmm. A little nice, a little I, nasty. You, you gotta be nice or you gotta be sweet, Ember, to make that work. No, see, you're the nice sweet and oh, I'm I see. the nasty spicy. I see. You know, gotta have your bitter and your umami. Hey, Ember. Yes, Megan. What movie did we watch today? Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. So we have um, not done a great job of kind of uh, talking about our social media, but we did get a reviewer for our podcast on iTunes, and this nameless re- reviewer said that we should do Deep Blue Sea, and so we're taking their recommendation, whoever they might be. Hi, Lar. Oh, you just you just ruined their anonymity. Uh, oh, no, I didn't. That was apropos of nothing. Oh, I see. We just say, hey, yeah. Lar, from time to time. Absolutely. Oh, man, I missed it. I must have been editing it out up until this point. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It's been been in every podcast. Super weird, like the snail in Adventure Time. Exactly right. So yeah, we are very responsive to our reviewers and social Mm -hmm. media peoples. And we want that to be known. And so just like quick turnaround time, Deep Blue Sea, yeah, we are on top of that. I am in. Deep Blue Sea was watched. Now we're going to talk about it. Exactly. Um, just to to hit up those social media, it's at Matt, <clears throat> at Bad Movies Rock on Twitter and at Bad Movies Podcast at Gmail if you want to write to us. We are on both iTunes uh, podcast app on Apple and Spotify. Yes, we take suggestions, we take comments, we take questions. We mm-hmm. do not take dick pics. Do not. I think I can't believe you said that again because Are you sure? Amber? That was that was more a question than a statement. Amber, I look at the <laughs> Amber, well, I look at the email much more than you do. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm the nameless editor and you're the nameless has to screen through dick pic person. We all I have do, our I will shut it bear. down. I will <laughs> shut that shit down. <laughs> all right, so Deep Blue Sea. This is the um 20th year anniversary of Deep Blue Sea. That's true. That's true. Which is means that there are actually a couple of articles that came out about it recently, as of the end of July, which makes it very funny when we're doing haphazard research during yes. and after watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody just wrote about this two weeks ago. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea is about Saffron Burroughs, who plays Susan McAllister, who is a researcher studying uh, shark brains and trying to get proteins out of the shark brains that will help regrow neurons in Alzheimer's patients. 
She's going to cure Alzheimer's using shark brains. Yeah, it's a very um, lofty and hefty idea for what's supposed to be a horror movie, I guess. Hey, you got to do terrible things for a terribly good reason. I suppose you're right. Knocking out Alzheimer's, pretty badass. It is very badass. Yes, agreed. Which I think was supposed to make it somewhat sympathetic when she, you know, did bad things and violated a fake convention that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently the shark brains weren't big enough, so she just went and made bigger sharks. Yeah, with gene manipulation, which is illegal, according to the Harvard gene convention. Not a real thing. (laughs) As we get to this facility, it is the weekend, and they work with a skeleton crew over the weekend, so there are not that many people to get eaten by sharks. Keeping that body count low, but also Mm -hmm. keeping the emotional cost of the body count high. High, exactly right. Um, Samuel Jackson plays kind of the money man who's come in to make sure that his money isn't being wasted. Um, Thomas Jane plays Carter. He's the shark wrangler. And he works to kind of wrangle these sharks to make sure that they're ready to do experiments on. And, of course, everything goes wrong and the whole facility explodes. And the whole idea is to get out of there before the sharks either eat them or the sharks are released into the wild. Yes, yes, we are. We are wondering, what are the sharks' motivations in this movie? And mostly seem to be about escape. With just the bonus byproduct of, you know, murdering people. Let's eat them. Exactly mm-hmm. right. But they don't even eat all of them. I feel like they're just, they're just killing them. It's, it's literal murder. That's true. That's true. Stellan Skarsgård plays a doctor who um, gets killed by the sharks, but not eaten. Mm-hmm. Like, not even bitten. He, they just use him for breaking down glass to get into the facility. It's a ballistic use of a human body. Yes, exactly right. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh-oh, we've gotten um, into favorite scenes already. We have. Oops. Okay. We're yes. Oh, dear. Much like um, the research station. Brought it back around, Amber. All right. Let's um, touch on the Critics Corner, Amber. Critics Corner, where we fondle the critics. No. Inappropriate, oh. Amber. I mean, you said Only touch. With cons- nope. We consensually fondle the critics. Okay. That would be okay. <laughs> they were super into it. They said so. Enthusiastic consent, Amber. Only with enthusiastic consent. Amber, what did Metacritic say about Deep Blue Sea? Critic consensus was at 54. Users well below at 39. Super interesting. Um, Rotten Tomatoes was also 59 for the critics and um, 38 for the audience score, which is, it's strange. I think feel like they're usually flipped, the ones that, the movies that we've done so far. Definitely. Uh, the critics almost were like, yeah, this is a fine movie. Mm-hmm. And the people who then watched that movie were, who were not critics were like, I hate you. I hate this movie. I hate everyone in it. Everyone's yeah. going to hell. It's okay. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it was a little surprising to me. Yeah, it's fairly unusual. I'm wondering what the expectation was and at what point these reviews were made. Like, did, did they want Jaws? Did they want something better than Jaws? Did they want Sharknado? Well, what, what did they want? Yeah. What were I mean, they not is... getting? Yeah, good question. I, I don't know. I mean, I think you were reading that Rennie Harlan, who's the director, thought he was making an actual horror movie and had to be convinced that this was corny, campy silliness. Well, that's the thing. It, it, it Because he was willing to eventually let go of that vision, I think that's why it's so great. Because you get the all into its sincerity of a Vin Diesel project. Yes. But the self-awareness of the other people involved in it who are like, you realize this isn't really a scary horror movie. This is this is ridiculous. Like, we're mm-hmm. making a ridiculous... So you have that super sincerity. We're going to make these sharks as real as possible. And we're going to use animatronics instead of CGM. We're going to use live sharks. And it's going to be harrowing. And then we're also going to have ridiculous stuff happen. Because let's... Let's, let's let's let go of the Jaws remake, but not remake or homage or whatever that you were thinking you were making. Absolutely. This movie actually had several different endings. It first ended with Saffron Burroughs living, and the audience hated that. I mean, it was all her fault. It was all her fault. I mean, that and the first guy who died, the, the main scientist guy. It was, it was also all his fault, but he died 
so early on that I think people were just latching on to the fact that this was mostly her fault. Right. That um, any of the research that led to, I mean, part of it was her fault because instead of just killing the shark that attacked them, she let it go. And then the whole thing spiraled into everybody dying. Yes. And the reason everybody died is because the sharks were too smart because she and the first dead guy Mm-hmm. Skarsgård broke the Harvard conventions of peaceful medical non-genetic science. Not a thing, but yes, exactly right. Yes, yes, exactly right. And then mm-hmm. she does a, a bonehead, no, I gotta save my research move that almost leads to her death. But yeah, I mean, she, she's the person who apparently the filmmaker did not realize people would want to see pay. Yes. Until the audience was like, fuck you for letting her live. And you killed LL Cool J? Yeah, Fuck you so, twice. Right. LL Cool J um, plays Preacher, who's the chef on board. And apparently he was supposed to die early in the movie. But in actuality, they just really liked LL Cool J so much and liked working with him so much. They're like, yeah, we're keeping him. Yeah, he was a real team player, did his own stunt, was affable. Yeah, so Amber, we kind of touched on it already, but some favorite scenes of this movie. Oh, man. I mean, shark deaths, very amusing. Mm-hmm. They, they they do not leave it to question whether or not these sharks are dead. Two no. of them blow up in chunks. Yes. And one of them takes a long time to electrocute and then basically floats belly up. These sharks are dead. So the first shark death is when Stellan Skarsgård decides to smoke three levels underwater in a research facility because they were able to do the extraction of the protein from the brain perfectly. And they're so excited that he has a celebratory smoke. I like to celebrate science with with cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Especially although, when you're... Although it a, is a bit dated. Nowadays, I suppose it would be vaping. Vape in celebration. Yep. Yay, we did the science. Mm-hmm. Smokes for everybody. Well, smokes for this guy until the shark decides smoking is bad for you and rips off his arm, wakes up from the anesthesia and eats his arm. Yep, just rips that thing right off. Yep. That was, it was shocking, to say the least. He's scrambling away from the shark with his one arm, just leaving this grisly trail of blood. You're like, ah, oh shit, oh fuck, this is a shark horror movie. Shit's happening. And Thomas Jane very smartly goes for the shotgun to just murderate the shark, which is the thing you should do. Mm-hmm, always double tap. Always double tap, except... That Saffron Bellows decides that the shark is way too valuable, and so she lets it go back into the ocean. Yes. Or into their ocean pen. Saffron Bellows is like, no, my research. We can't get his arm back. (laughs) (laughs) But the shark's brain can make more protein. Yeah. So, okay. So, if this had been an isolated incident Mm -hmm. in which the shark was not reacting normally and Mm shark-like, then I can kind of see saying, like, okay, you know, arm's gone. Done's done. We can, you know, adjust our protocols accordingly. He shouldn't sure. have been smoking. Probably. He shouldn't have been. Yeah. Uh, so there's, you know, it's kind of, now we're both in the wrong sort of moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you do have, like, they just demonstrated that the protein could potentially cure this terrible, tragic disease. Absolutely. Save the shark. But. Except. <laughs> but. That was not the first hanky thing that had happened within no. the te- like the past 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Before this moment, the sharks had been displaying disturbingly forward-thinking behavior. Yep, including some backward behavior, which is swimming backwards, which sharks can't do. Anatomically impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, if you are smart enough, you can overcome anything. That's so true. The, <laughs> the sharks had been... Um, hunting as a pack they had eaten all of the cameras yeah they watched them eat the camera so tom jane goes down to trank the big shark that they want to take the the brain juice out of she's the gen two Mm -hmm. meanwhile the gen ones are like let's see if we can eat him simultaneously and they clever girl him from either side yes they do doesn't work okay so they back off when they, he shows with the gun. He pulls out the gun oh, and they swim right. backwards. And people yeah. are like, did he yeah, just Sam- notice that gun? Not not people, just Samuel L. Jackson. Sam Jackson was like, like did, do they recognize gun as a concept? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then he's yeah. like, I'm just going to pop out into the tank. 
Meanwhile, having had their initial attack fail, the two sharks then go and murk the cameras. And the people inside watch them do it. And nobody freaks out about it. Yeah. That they can recognize what cameras are and what they would be useful for. Yep. So Tom Jane is then stalked by big Gen 2 shark. He does his fancy shark wrangling skills. Tranks are just fine. But shit has gone horribly awry yeah. at this point. Like, we know these sharks are too smart. We mm-hmm. don't understand why they know what they know, but we do know they know too much. Yes. So when that shark rips off that guy's arm and says, no smoking, let's shotgun it in the brain for now. Let's Should just do that. Just been, let's just you know, do that. You know yeah. how to make more. Let's let's mm-hmm. just, just... And maybe. also you have... Yeah, you have the protein now. You maybe can synthesize this protein. Like, you don't need necessarily the entire shark. And... I mean, a lot of animals are euthanized to collect the proteins and such that we make them make. So it is not unheard of to sacrifice an animal to take its brain or the proteins therein. Said like a real scientist. Yeah, it's true. You're just Especially a regular the- saffron burrows, aren't you? Well, but no, I'm not. I'm saying I would have killed it. <laughs> <laughs> all right 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 okay you're like saffron burrows and tom jane had a baby and it was like i can do science but i can also murk a shark when it needs to be murked yeah i'm uh jane burrow baby yeah the whole um arm missing incident leads to oh amber yes I'm- there's a- there's a storm a coming there's always a storm a-coming. Is there mm-hmm. always a storm a-coming? I'm pretty Maybe sure. Maybe it's not that we hate witches. Maybe it's that we love storms and could the be. hijinks that follow them. Yeah, very well could be. So, of course, to add some excitement to this ocean facility in the middle of nowhere that is doing shark experiments with oversized, hugely smart sharks, there's also a storm. Dag nabbit. Tarnation. And so they call out a helicopter to come get Stellan Skarsgård um, to save him. And it's just wind and rain and blusteriness. And it really doesn't seem like they would send out two helicopter pilots to risk their lives for one person when they might could stabilize him on the research vesicle, um, vessel. But fine, they do. And Amber, once again, we're putting it put in proximity of sharks plus helicopters. Oh man, shark plus helicopter. Is this going to end in tragedy like it did with the Meg? The Meg didn't end in tragedy. That was the sad part. Well, I was thinking personal tragedy for you. Oh, yes. Very good point. Um, So this was pretty good. This shark did not eat the helicopter, but it did bring down the helicopter, which I was pleased with. Yes, it did. It... <laughs> <laughs> How did it do it, Amber? There is a technical malfunction. You have the usual thing where, you know, the helicopter stays in the air and it lowers the wire and they put the guy in the stretcher on the thing and then they raise him up. Only up the winch jams. Oh, bummer. No. Big bummer. Because, you know, sure. he's sort of dangling above the ocean and he's sort of kind of bleeding out and it's kind of great, but kind of terrible. And then... And they oh, decide not to move so that they're not directly above the shark tank, nor do they move up so that they're a little farther up out of the shark's reach. I mean, why would you? And mm-hmm. then the winch fails completely and drops him into the water. <laughs> and so this made me feel really helpless. Like this was a, that was like a really, I don't know. It's just like a terrible feeling of like, you're all strapped in, you're already down an arm. And now you've just been, you're strapped into a, um, you're strapped into a stretcher and then you fall into the water with sharks in it. Like that's, that's gotta be a not good feeling. They did a good job with that. Like they, Stellan Skarsgård has that moment of, as he's in free fall uh-huh. of looking beneath him he to see where up. he's headed. He knows he is headed directly in to the shark pens. And they're like, they do a good job of giving that visceral helpless, like, Oh, he's gonna die. Uh-huh. And he knows it. He never lost consciousness. Dude had his arm ripped off. He's bleeding out. And unfortunately, he's still conscious. Yeah, it's not a good good thing for him. Oh, it's so good, though. It's so good. And then, of course, he, you just you don't see what's happening underwater. But all of a sudden, mm-hmm. that wire is taut. It pulls the helicopter down. Doesn't get it into the water, but does drive it directly into the control tower on it this does. 
Uh, poor Brenda. Poor Brenda. I liked Brenda. I like Brenda too. She was cheerful. She was helpful. She played good music. And then everything explodes. Everything above the surface explodes. There's so much fire. So, so much, much fire. fire. And they make it very clear that their one means of escape, the prop plane that they had, mm-hmm. is the last thing to explode. Yeah. And of course, the prop plane gets it too. So even if they do make it out of this research station, which is now mm-hmm. on fire on top and probably filling with water on the bottom, mm-hmm. they have nowhere to go. Right. And nobody's coming back till the next shift is on Monday. So they've got several days to weather Oh, it's great. It's, it, I mean, it, 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 it sets the stakes immediately. You get your first shark victim, and then you get, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. It's so good. Exactly. It's excellent action movie thriller tenseness. Exactly. And then these clever sharks, they don't eat Stellan Skarsgård. They use him as a battering ram to break open the um, Impossibly glass. fragile underwater glass. Yeah, or maybe they're just impossibly um, strong, Amber. I mean, they have established that the Gen 2 shark is particularly strong. Mm -hmm. But yes, you you think he's he's been consumed until Samuel L. Jackson is looking out into the water. Please tell me that I'm not seeing what I think I'm seeing. Then everybody looks up slowly. And you think it's just going to be the shark munching on Stellan Skarsgård. Oh no, Mm -hmm. it is the shark flying towards their viewing window, Stellan yep. Skarsgård in its jaws, but facing outward. So still it, it alive. Has a, it's still alive and struggling. And, well, it's strapped into this gurney, so it has a grip on the gurney. It is just flying at them with him, just and then just smooshes him against the glass, much to everyone's e. horror. Yeah, <laughs> especially his wife's horror. His wife is really upset by this. She does seem quite upset by this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It's great. And then, of course, the glass is cracking and everybody get out and oh, oh nobody gets out quick enough, but they are still able to outrun the tons of water coming in. So much fun. Mm -hmm. We don't want to eat him. We just don't like him. We just need to use him as a tool. And we don't like you. Mm -hmm. And and it's they do introduce the concept of what do the sharks want? Mm -hmm. The scary part is they don't fucking know. Yep. Does it just want to kill them? Does it just want to eat them? Well, clearly it doesn't want to eat them. That's not the point. What do Mm -hmm. they fucking want? Because they're smart enough to reason really, really well. Better than most of the people there. So they, um, it doesn't matter. They get to a different place. They keep getting into different places and then need to find a different way out. And so this time they find, they think about going. They go for the submarine. That's right. They go for the submarine and they find out the submarine's trashed and they start to turn on each other, Amber. And so who comes to the rescue but Samuel L. Jackson? Because he's been in a situation like this before. They allude to some freaky backstory of him in the Alps doing some shit. Doing some shit. Like it's, I heard about what happened. They, they, they mentioned it two or three times before yes. this. Like he was doing some shit. Mm-hmm. And I think LL Cool J gives him shit for hiking in the Alps in the first place. He's he like, does. leave that to the dumb white people, dude. He, mm-hmm. yep, you it's shouldn't a very have been there line. in the first place. Because mm-hmm. um, Samuel L. Jackson tries to have a bonding moment with LL Cool J. And LL's like, mm, dude, nah. Nah, I work for a living. You're a wealthy dude. Mm-hmm. You learn that there's an avalanche while he's out in the Alps with some friends. You don't know how many he started with, but you know only seven survived the avalanche. Mm-hmm. But only five made it out. Yes. And he's like, but- we all agreed that we would never talk about what happened to the other two. We said that we'd say the avalanche killed them, but that's not what killed them. Yeah, it's just, it's... <laughs> and he starts on this speech, which just is supposed to be motivational. It's super corny um and he's saying you know as in the midst of him saying we have got to work together yep and thomas jane's face is inspired you know like everybody's freaked out somehow these super smart sharks damaged the sub now they're fucked on an unbelievable level what are they going to do they're turning on each other they're yelling at each other people are panicking and then this speech happens and thomas jane's face is like yeah yeah, we can do this. We can, we do, can this. do this. We can, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck me. Oh, shark. 
<laughs> the shark comes up and eats the shit out of Sam Jackson mid-speech. Snatches him right out of the air, pulls mm-hmm. him into the water. He's gone. Just the most churning bloody water gone. Bye-bye. Yep. Most memorable piece of this movie, if you've seen it, Sam Jackson, the most um, famous actor in the whole thing, gets eaten within the first, um, you know, half hour. Exactly. And that's, that is, that is so good because the filmmaker was willing to let go of what they wanted it to be. Like, I guess there were quite literally seven pages of dialogue. And this is by virtue of 20th anniversary reviewing special effects and this movie used, you know, 1999 special effects. And they talk about how those were done and didn't really interest me that much. But the fact that Samuel Jackson was like, yeah, I don't want to do this dialogue. This is bad dialogue. And the director couldn't get him to go through it. And then finally they were like, what if you just get eaten halfway through? And he's like, the sooner you can kill me, the happier I'll be. (laughs) Exactly. So they CGI together a quick death and it's awesome. And it's what, yeah, it's what people remember. It's like, that's, that's when Mm -hmm. you have to realize that you just need to embrace what you have. Exactly. And they did. And it's so good. Oh, it's such a good scene. It's just, oh man. Yeah. I am inspired. And you as the audience member are thinking, this is corny as hell. Did he just admit to killing and possibly eating two people? (laughs) I'm super inspired. No, no, no. We're all going to (laughs) die. And I think you mentioned that this made it to, um, I don't know if it was 90s top CGI effects. It does not hold up as good CGI effects. No. Um, but I can, can understand how it would have been good for 99. <laughs> it's very funny. Yep. Everybody's arms suddenly, when they get eaten by a CGI shark, there's just this like, why that they do? Like the mm-hmm. arms just why straight out from the body and stop moving. Yes, exactly. And the legs sort of do the same thing, just become completely stiffened and extended. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they sort of Barbie doll. Yes, absolutely. It's still really funny and still really good. And still just the, the reactions are fantastic. And the, the subverted expectations, I think that's why everybody loves it so much, is like, okay, he's going to take control. Here's the hero. Here's the star. Here's the, oh, corpse. Oh, yep. corpse. Nope. Yep. Nope. Nope. He's not going to make it. Okay. Such a good scene. Oh, yes. 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 And... Meanwhile, while they're trying to find a way out, LL Cool J is still alive and doing his own just parallel shenanigans with him and a parrot and one of the Gen 1 sharks. Yes, he has his own, um, yeah, simultaneous story going on with his friend Bird, who is a um, potty mouth bird named Bird. I'm sorry to break it to you folks, but the bird does not make it. But this does inspire... LL Cool J to fight really hard against the shark and murder the shit out of it. He blows that shark right the fuck up. There's another really interesting scene where to get away from the shark, um, LL Cool J has been uh, chased back to the kitchen and one place to hide is this big old oven. And then the shark turns on the oven. It's kind of a really creepy concept to be you know, burned alive in an oven. Ella Cool J's character does note the irony of a chef being burned yes. alive in his own oven as the shark is like trying to break through the glass and nose bumping the gas. And he has this tiny little hand hatchet and he's hacking his way up to the upper level. And it's, you know, they, they do a good tension of, oh no, he's going to get in. Oh no, he's going to get blown up. Oh no, he's going to get eaten. And then he jumps over the shark and the shark is like, I can still get you. And Ella Cool J is like, no, I have a lighter. and You turned on the gas. Boom. Yeah, and he explodes the hell out of the shark. It's great. Chunks, chunks, chunks. Sadly, the bird is not still in there and alive. Yeah, there was part of me that thought the shark was going to open its mouth again and the bird was going to fly out. But Just like, they, they did not go to that level of corniness. Which is probably good. That wasn't a professionally trained bird, I learned. Apparently not. Yeah. It, was, it was two birds. They, they just sort of picked up on location. Yeah. Which, you know, if he had to take care of a bird the rest of the story, it would have been probably a little bit um, annoying. So, And eventually he rejoins the other characters, so he has actual people to talk to. Yes, and he en- ends up saving the other characters who um, get stuck in this shaft, and he opens a door and, and is able to pull them up. He winds up being the hero of a movie he was supposed to die early in. And this is um, just after Stellan Skarsgård's wife, uh, Jan who is Jacqueline McKenzie, gets eaten by a shark via the crotch. 
Yeah, yeah, that shark just grabs right on. Not to the legs, but just managed to just get right up in between those legs yeah. and then just, like, chomp. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Which I, I, I kind of, like, that. that's kind of the only purchase that makes sense for the visual that they were going for. You know, you have Thomas sure. Jane reaching down for her, and she can't reach up high enough, and then she gets submerged, and then, oh, oh, she's coming back up again. Maybe she just swam down to get some velocity. Oh, no, no, the shark oh, has her. No, the shark has no. her by the O, by the vagina. Okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, if you had her well. by the legs, then you wouldn't, she'd kind of be flopping. She wouldn't kind of reach up. Yeah. You know, I guess. Because, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. Upsetting. Either way. Oh, Jan. Yeah, poor Jan. Poor Jan. So we're down to, we got Thomas Jane, we got Saffron Burroughs, and we got LL Cool J. And? I think at this point. Oh, Michael Rappaport's still alive? Michael Rappaport is still alive. Okay. Not for long. Not for long, but for long enough for them to then go into Jan's room to look oh, for shit. batteries because they need to the, get a flashlight working. The recently dead woman. Yes. Jan has just been murdered via shark vagina bite. Mm-hmm. And we have Michael Rappaport in her room looking for batteries. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> still don't understand i hear i hear everything you were saying but i still don't understand the connection between jan's a healthy woman she must have something battery battery powered in here where's her mm thing clearly indicating that he's looking for her vibrator <laughs> yep very much looking for her vibrator fantastic that you know mm-hmm. we're just like cool yeah she has a vibrator we're not going to be super weird about it we're kind of going for a joke but how is that connected to her being a healthy woman? Like, it's she eats unclear. well, she exercises, and she masturbates regularly. Yep, yep. Yeah, hmm. You gotta, you know, three square meals a day, you gotta drink eight ounces of water, and you gotta masturbate two times a day. That's how it goes. That's how you stay Everybody, healthy. Everybody, same regiment. Nobody needs anything different from anybody else. So where's her mm, thing? Oh, that is what he asks. They don't <laughs> end up showing it. No, they find batteries in a clock. Yeah, boring. Which is right behind him. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Jan's a healthy woman. <laughs> she must have a battery-powered dildo. Yeah, obviously. How are those two things connected? Listen, Amber. I can't explain it to you. Call Michael Rappaport. At this point, Saffron Burroughs decides to go back to her room in order to get all her data files, splitting up the party, which is something you never want to do. Thomas Jane and Michael Rappaport are working on a way to get them out of there. They have to turn on some pump that's under in the already submerged levels right. to clear out a stairway to get them to the surface. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, Saffron, L, Cool J, you stay here. Me and Rappaport are going to go do something very dangerous and hopefully save us all. Right. And while they're off doing that, she then secondarily splits the party. Without True. telling LL Cool J. Yep. And goes into an area where she clearly thinks a shark could be. Because right. she closes the door behind her when she goes into her room to find her research. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That shark was already in the room with her when she shut the door. Lying in wait. Mm-hmm. It's sharks great. Do. It's a great scene. It's a really good scene. It's like it's a good harrowing monster attack scene. Yes. How will she uh, get out of it? Well, let me tell you, Amber. She will take off her wetsuit and go down to her skivvies and electrocute the shit out of it. Yep, she has to use the wetsuit as, like, uh, a, buffer. A, a buffer, you know, because it's yeah. rubbery. So she's, mm-hmm. she rolls it up and stands on it and then just pulls out a power cord. And then the next time the shark comes at her, dzz. The sad thing is that when she electrocutes the shark, she also electrocutes the hell out of her data, which is now gone forever. I do like this scene because if mm-hmm. she had gotten the data... It mm-hmm. would have justified things, I feel like, in her mind. Sure. Because at no point is she like, damn, ooh, this is kind of on me, isn't it? I should not have done this. Or if I had done this, I should have done it responsibly and at the very least let Tom Jane use his expertise and murk mm-hmm. the shark. I should have listened. I shouldn't have been so cocky, you know, and driven. Uh, granted, I guess, you know, if she were a man, I would just call her driven. Sure. But... You know, she she doesn't really kind of have that moment of, ooh, this is kind of all my fault. Instead, it's, ooh, better save the research so that, you know, everybody died for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As it turns out, nobody died for any reason. Yeah. Research true. is gone. 
And you better believe those sharks are going to get blowed up. Yep. Yep. Very true. It's all for nothing. Kind of reminds me of Lockout. God, I can't wait to watch Lockout. So. Back to Deep Blue Sea. Yes, indeed. Shark number uh, two is dead. Yes. And then um, Michael Rappaport gets eaten by the last shark. Yep. That um, big ass Gen 2 are still alive. Right. Uh, directly after they turn on the thing to uh, drain the stairway. Except that this shark kills Michael Rappaport in a way that uh, just smushes him against all the electrical panels and uh, destroys everything that they were trying to do. Yeah. Man, the stakes just keep getting raised. And I like it. I really (laughs) like it. I would, I'd kind of like to see a map of where they went. Like they started down on the third level and then they kind of get to the, the, second level and maybe the first level but then they go they definitely go back down to the third level at some point um anyway i would like to see where they went in this um research facility during this harrowing yeah they're they're forced to face a lot of stuff a lot of underwater trials and tribulations and a surprising number of fires and electrocutions considering all of the water well i guess the the water plus electrocutions makes a bit more sense the fact that the first shark is blown up is hilarious it is. And the fact that um, everything wasn't electrocuted all the time doesn't really make sense. But anyway. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. They, they, just, they just really sealed those things pretty well, I guess. And the fact that the place maintained power at all. This, I mean, a very well-designed station. Yeah, very, very impressive. Um, so at this point, they, are, um, they make their way to the surface. Now it's just LL Cool J. Thomas Jane and Saffron Burroughs, and they realize what does a 8,000 pound, 45 foot Mako shark want, Amber? When it's become supercharged smart? Mm hmm. Freedom, Megan. Freedom. Thomas Jane makes this leap that um, the sharks have been hurting them and um, to exactly where the sharks want them and have systematically brought down the entire facility. Which is, I guess they got to look at the blueprints of the facility and figured out how to do this. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. They inspected the blueprints and we're like, mm-hmm. okay, the only way we're going to get over this fence, because of course we yep. can't get through the bottom part because that's titanium, but they sure. cheaped out and made the part, top part out of steel. So if we can just mm-hmm. get that to sink down far enough, we can get right through that steel. Unfortunately, the station, keeping that thing up out of our reach... If we flood the station, well, it's going to be really hard to do from out here. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. What if we Mm -hmm. herd the humans section by section into flooding the station in an effort to save their sad little lives? Mm -hmm. Bring it right down. Bring Bring it right down down to our level. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, you're onto something. Let's get right on that. Now, mom and dad, you're going to have to be either electrocuted or blown up in this, but it is for your Gen 2 kid to survive. Mm-hmm. And they do actually mention that she is a female, and they don't mm-hmm. go into this, but if she escapes, not only will she just be a terrifying killing machine, but she could probably make other terrifying killing machines. That's true. So. Uh-huh. The station has uh, sunk quite quite considerably. Quite a bit, and we see that the Gen 2 shark is trying to push its way out. Yep. We have to kill her, though. We do. What do we have? What do we well, have on so hand? As they got up from the lower level... LL Cool J gets got by the shark, except that he uses his cross to um, stab it in the eye and gets let go by the shark. Phew. We we thought the uh, last person of color was going to get eaten by the shark. Instead, he just gets, you know, bitten a little bit and the honor of stabbing it in the eye. And uh, then they decide the only way to do it is um, harpooning it and then um, using a volt battery to explode the harpoon i don't understand but sure yeah don't worry about it it's cool so they have a battery they have a harpoon ah but it's too far away and it's gonna get out what do we do what do we do what do we do what do we do well saffron Mm burrows is still alive and when she lived the first time the audience was not into it so Mm -hmm. (laughs) she cuts her hand to chum the waters and then Mm -hmm. jumps in and swims out towards the shark in yeah which you're thinking okay so she's just kind of decided to 
sacrifice, sacrifice herself yeah. because well, this is kind of she feels responsible except that as soon as she sees the shark coming towards her she's like oh shit oh shit oh shit and then swims to a ladder to get mm-hmm. out well yes. if that was what you were gonna do why'd you jump out so far I, whatever wouldn't you just get and then at the same time then thomas jane decides to jump in after her yeah drops the harpoon because she's like okay i need to bring it closer and he's like no what do you mean no she's done you can't save her if you jump in the water it's gonna kill you too do what you came here to do it's closer mm-hmm. use the harpoon mm-hmm. Oy, thank goodness that there is still an l o cool j alive Exactly. Um, so LL Cool J, um, so Thomas Jane gets under the water and he can't climb up. So he gets under the water and he um, does his shark tricks where he kind of bounces off the shark's nose and then, attach, you know, holds onto the fin, rides the shark around. And then LL Cool J um, fires the harpoon. <laughs> he gets the fin and mm-hmm. Thomas Jane's hip. Yep. Um, I started laughing right before... Ella Cool J shot the harpoon because I remembered what happened. <laughs> and um, yeah, 45 feet of shark and he hits Thomas Jane in the thigh. Yep, great. Yep. And Thomas Jane just tells him to blow it, but he hesitates. Just long enough for Thomas Jane to be scraped off of the shark uh-huh. by it leaving through the fence. Sure. And then, yeah, it just it, it explodes into chunks when as soon yep. as he, he hits that thing to the battery, just <laughs> chunks. Yeah. It's great. It's, great. it's mm-hmm. great. And then, of course, they're just sort of there now. There's no mm-hmm. plane. There's no means of escape. El Cool J has a very, very big wound in his leg. Yes. Um, it's just those two left alive. Saffron Burroughs has, you know, not only lost the protein complex that she extracted from the shark, but she's lost her research. And then she sacrifices herself, her being the last scientist alive that knew exactly what was going on. So all of this is for absolutely nothing. That is she's a dead. really, really good point. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, she had the knowledge of what they did. And in sure. theory, they had, if not a viable, then a very promising therapy for mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. Yep. It's all gone. All it's of gone. it is gone. It is yeah. all gone. Super gone. Mm-hmm. And she made sure it was all gone by jumping in. By being a dumbass. By being a dumbass. Just. Hey, Amber, let's get to our reviews of this movie. What would you give this movie on our rock scale? Mm-hmm. R is regrettable. Mm-hmm. O is outstanding. C is craze balls. And K is gay. You're really proud of yourself now that you can just like whiz through them. I did it this time. I think I think we need to come up with a new scale now. It was too hard to I come up with a scale easy. to not keep it forever it actually wasn't that hard and it's kind of ridiculous like in general so let's 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 freshen things up let's move to a new scale i will not please for the no. love of all that's holy will not you're a i would rate this movie c for craze balls obviously this movie was craze balls we all know this movie was yes. craze balls and we don't need a rock mm-hmm. scale to tell us that yeah it was great sharks Sharks. sharks and explosions and pointless science that sinks to the bottom of the sea and just oh yep it's just and sharks, sharks with high reasoning skills those are some smart ass sharks yes and sharks that will come for you in waist deep water well yeah mm-hmm. down hallways through yeah. doors highly maneuverable sharks that's what happens when a shark can swim mm-hmm. in reverse it can get around those tight corners and into those living quarters sure and it can shrink itself. It can into lie in wait small in enough. your room. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what happens. <laughs> that scene was good. It's so worth it. Yeah. So. So another thing that makes this uh, movie very craze balls is the music. Oh, God. We didn't even get end. to that. Oh. We have. Well, this is our time. This is our chance. That is the beautiful benefit of having LL Cool J in your film. Mm-hmm. You get the use of his other talents exactly right i believe the song is called deepest bluest parentheses my hat is like a shark's fin i believe it's just parentheses shark's fin oh it's just shark's fin he he just the the hat part he he lets you wait to actually listen to the song before you get to it yes here's the interesting part it's ridiculous the refrain is ridiculous it's deepest bluest my hat is like a shark's fin but i looked this up and apparently on ll's 
1987 album Bigger and Deffer, he actually does refer to his hat being like a shark's fin. They call him Jaws because his hat is like a shark's fin. All right. So he's like, he's, he's pulling it out of his old stuff. He's already got the shark cred. He's, 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 yeah. he's reaching back into his own opus to just connect yeah. with the new material. And the, yeah. the new material is connecting with him. They had to come mm-hmm. after LL Cool J for this shark movie because he had already let the world know. Made that reference. They call yeah. him Jaws. Apparently he used to always wear these red or black Kangol hats that at a certain angle looks like a shark's fin. I don't think I believe that, but sure. Interesting. All right. Well, it all connects and makes perfect sense. It does, including lyrics such as... Okay, so he refers to these waters are waist level, the hallways flooded. You lost your scuba gear, the killer's cold-blooded. Oh, because sharks are cold-blooded. And and how the waist level water was all through the hallways, and that's how the sharks came and got him. I ate your ancestors. The ocean is haunted. Yes, the ocean is haunted. <laughs> we were looking at these. So, I and I think Amber almost always watch our movies with closed captions on because we're always talking to each other through them, so we don't. We're less likely to miss as much dialogue. <laughs> yeah, if the words are also on the screen. And they captioned the song. And I had not for many years looked up these lyrics. lyrics and the ocean is haunted the is a fantastic lyric. is haunted. Now, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that because he, he pre-mentioned that the shark ate our ancestors. Mm-hmm. That the ocean is then haunted with the ghosts of our ancestors. Which is actually kind of comforting. Or is it haunted because the shark themselves are like ghost killers? Like the shock sharks are haunting the ocean? Let me answer this for you. Oh, thank you. With a conclusive answer, Amber. Oh, thank goodness. I love conclusive because answers. Because on mm-hmm, GeniusLyrics.com, which I have decided I love more than anything, it annotates the lyrics with, um, I think it's just people's opinions, but whatever. I'm cool with it. So I ate your ancestors. The annotation is a normal shark lives about 20 to 30 years. The LL shark, so the shark is now named the LL shark, apparently lives way longer than that. If he was around to eat your ancestors, later lines mention that he's been around for centuries and will still be active in the next millennium. So the shark is immortal. The shark is immortal. The ocean is haunted. One thing worse than being eaten by a shark is being eaten by a shark while also being haunted by the ghosts of your own family. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> How are you going to get eaten by this shark? Did you learn nothing from our example? Don't get eaten by this shark. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. How are any of us left at this point? I don't is so true. is this shark haunting the oceans or just our fucking family? Thank you genius annotation. This is beautiful. I'm glad you found a new toy. I did. I'm very happy with it. Your life vest is off and that turns me on. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Killer for centuries, the gaudy of the deep. In the next millennium, I'm still going to creep. Um, apparently, uh, annotation, this line gives added meaning to the uh-uh, take it deeper line right before this verse. I see. It's a, because it's a horny shark? Because it's a horny shark, and he's into mm-hmm. life vest off play. It's a horny, unkillable, ghost, immortal, immortal ghost shark. Eating, sister eating shark. LL Which shirt. so it, it it wants to have sex with you, but only if your life vest is off. Turns them on. Okay. What can I say? I don't really know what to think of this shark. And nobody knows what to think of this shark, Amber. That's how it keeps eating our ancestors. They're puzzling over it as it's coming for them. Yes, indeed. This song is great. This song is perfect in every way. Yes. This song I rate a craze balls. <laughs> It's the only real way to end this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ratings are done. Yes, they are. I guess it's time for an Abby story. Yes, it is. So I went to um, New York this weekend to paint my um, niece's room purple. And purple was the only color that would do. We ended up, um, well, she ended up picking magic wand purple. That was She's the actual very... name of it. Was magic mm-hmm. wand magic purple. Exactly right. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it is very purple, um, which is delightful. And she helped a little bit in painting, and that was fantastic. Um, and then once she was done helping, um, her mom took her away so that we could actually get some work done. And um, Abby came back right before I think she was going to have dinner. And she came into the room, and she looked around and, you know... Um, you know, we said, do you like it? And she said, yeah. And then she looked in the like one little corner that we were almost about to finish. And she said, and she said you're not done yet, though. It's like, <laughs> yes, Abby, we're not done yet. Gotta love that attention to detail. She's very detail oriented. She's she's and she's making sure that you don't get away with that shit. You think because uh, I'm I'm a baby, I'm not going to notice that uh-huh. you didn't finish this. You missed a spot. You missed a spot. You know mm-hmm. that, right? You're asking me what I think, and what I think is, this is not done yet. You're not. You ain't done yet. Why don't you mm-hmm. call me back in when you're finished, and then I will give you my honest opinion. Because right <laughs> now, it is... Unfinished. I don't see a finished product. Like, don't... Yep. Come on. Baby sass. Uppity baby. Hey, Amber. Yes, Megan? Do you have a recommendation for us? I do have a recommendation, and I thought okay. about it beforehand, and that's probably Good. why it's a book again. Nice. I I once again want to reiterate that I also read things sometimes. Bravo. I find the time in between my very busy media watching schedule. This book series was recommended by a friend who... (laughs) I'm just going to tell you something embarrassing about myself. I have a degree in folklore. That is not embarrassing. Don't Don't think too hard about that. Just don't 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 think too hard about that. I have a degree in folklore. And the degree itself, useless. But I met some interesting people while getting it. And and you will find that, okay, so if you enjoy reading fantasy series or just like fantasy in general, find somebody with a degree in folklore because they are just plugged (laughs) into the good shit. Either they've already read the stuff that I've read and love it too, or they have this stuff that I've never heard of that is amazing. And one person in my program in particular, Nikki... Shout out to Nikki. Shout out to Nikki. She is just totally plugged in to what's going on with authors and books and series and has great taste. And so she recommended um, this trilogy by N.K. Jemison uh, called The Broken Earth Trilogy. Uh, the, the first book is, is called The Fifth Season. And then there are two other books that come after it. I'm not going to say the names of them because obviously you can easily learn the names of them. Just read The Fifth Season and you'll know whether or not you want to know the other two names of them. Don't make me waste my time. Giving you more effort than I need to. Good. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really good series. Um, she is a black lady author, so fuck yes. And yes, please. that means that you're going to have a lot of very interesting social conversations written into a very complex and very richly written world with very interesting and complex characters. And you're going to be talking about oppression and you're going to be talking about just... It is, it is a very good fantasy creation that is very original, and then it is also doing what a lot of sci-fi and fantasy series do such a good job of, in that it is having very important conversations through the lens of these characters and these fantastical worlds. So That's amazing. But ultimately, yep. if you just want to read a good book, this is a good book. And then it's going to very. backhand you with some thoughts. You won't very even nice know. Thing. Would you call it? <laughs> High fantasy, Ember? Don't you? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. High Would fantasy. you give me a, like, is it is it set modern day? Is it in its own realm? Is it? Think of it in terms of, it, it's, I have, I mean, you know, there's a reason you do the descriptions and I don't. I react to things. I don't mm-hmm. explain things to other people. <laughs> Unless they want to be super confused. Oh, dear. But... More than anything, it's kind of set in a world that could be our world. It's an Earth and it has a moon. And it's as if our society sort of reached this fantastic end stage where magic and technology had been put into perfect use to create a high-functioning society that then tore itself apart with its own hubris. And the stage that the books take place in is thousands and thousands of years after a cataclysm where that society just kind of burned down and the earth turned against them. And so it's, nice. it's this society of people who have essentially been living in a post-apocalyptic world that 
you know, every few generations tries to kill them again. And they that call sounds... that when during these kind of apocalyptic moments a fifth season. That sounds super, super interesting. I'm not explaining this well. No, it's great. I, and once again, it's the fifth season and the author is... N.K. Jemison. N.K. Jemison. It's wonderful. She's, she's very cool. She has, she has other series that she's written. I haven't read them yet, but I, I, I burned through these, these three books pretty quickly. Um, and they, they stuck in my brain. Very vivid, very well-written, very interesting, very unique. And also just, you got to think some thoughts. You better take them home because these aren't just fantasy thoughts. These are real-world thoughts. Don't be a dick. Awesome. Megan. Yes, Amber. Do you have a recommendation? I do have a recommendation. And actually, your recommendation swayed my recommendation. I feel like I have not recommended a book yet. And I also want to prove that I'm literate. <laughs> so, um, my brother has been, um, was able to take this driving trip. And on this driving trip, he finally listened to Hamilton. I recommend uh, Hamilton. You people. Uh-huh. And um, there is a book called Hamilton the, the Revolution, also colloquially known as the Hamilton Toma. It is written by Lin-Manuel Miranda and Jeremy McCarter. And it is, um, it includes, speaking of lyrics, it includes the lyrics to all the songs. And it also includes a lot of the backstory about um, it, it, it's like genius lyrics. It calls out, you know, what a song is referenced from. Um, there's a lot of, um, nineties hip hop references. There's a lot of literary references. There are, uh, references to, um, uh, Bam, um, and kind of states where these things come in and explains kind of his thought process in making and writing these songs. Um, it is a really, really interesting companion to Hamilton. So if you like Hamilton, mm -hmm. you can also read this book about Hamilton. Exactly right. What? Nothing. I'll do musicals. That's fine. You don't have to do musicals. <laughs> I don't do baseball. I don't do musicals. Although my, interestingly enough, my other, my um, would be recommendation was Gallivant, which is a musical that you made me listen to. That is a backdoor musical. It's not. Much like Super much not. like reading N.K. Jemison is like a backdoor lesson and not being a dumbass. Mm -hmm. Gallivant is backdoor it's musical. It's not backdoor musical it at is, all. It's it a is musical. comedy first. Mm. It is comedy first that happens to use. Music is a medium, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Amber doesn't do musicals, but I did run into Galvant. And you can't do two recommendations. We will talk about Galvant at a later date. Plus, that's going to be one of mine because it's a short-lived show. You're right. You do own it. Get your hands off my... Two-season shows? Yes. <laughs> You're very right. I have a thing. That's my thing. Stop, stop stealing my things, white lady. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Manifest Destiny. <laughs> God wants me to have this. God wants me to have Gallivant. <laughs> oh, the worst thing. I think we did yeah, this. Yeah, we did this. Uh, anything else you want to say to the dear, dear listeners? No. I would. All right, so we can. I would like to. We can just end. I would this. like to sign off as we always do. But that counts as another thing you have to say. No. That's, you said no, no so we get the, to just say goodbye. This is the constant ending that we always have. No, it's not. It is a constant sadness that sits inside my heart. Amber, as I no. say all the time to our listeners. Except you don't. Amber, as I always, always say. You don't. This is a lie. Rock around the clock tonight. No. Enjoy rocking around the clock, listeners. Don't do that. Don't you don't have to do what she says just because she's recorded this and put it on iTunes. You don't have to listen to rock her. Around the clock. She is not the boss of you. Don't don't you rock around that clock. Don't you do it at any time, much less tonight. Okay. Bye Amber. Bye Megan. <laughs> <laughs>